everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. Hello. You know how I said I wasn't struggling in the heat? <laughs> oh, right. Now you are. Today was hell, but that's because I was in central London walking around all Oh, day. right. Now you are. Oh, sorry. That always happens. Right. Okay. We're good. I just thought you said the same comment twice. I was like, yeah, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Emma. I have. <laughs> um, uh, we're getting good feedback on our last live. Are we? About what? Yeah, I've just had a few DMs from people saying they really like the last live, which is fab. Well, you're in for a treat. (laughs) Here's another one. Here we are again. I have a spot on my belly, like right. Yeah, what were you talking about? Why is it bleeding so much? I don't know. In my scan, she must have caught it or done something and put my t-shirt on it down. It's got my massive belly bump, and then there's literally on my t-shirt, my white t-shirt, like blood all over it. And I was like, wow, this is really gonna freak everyone out. Like, do you know that you're bleeding? Your stomach is bleeding. I'm like, oh no, aren't you scared for me? <laughs> oh. Okay, questions. Let's get to them. Let's. We have one from Australia, I think. Australia. I won't continue with the accent. Don't worry. I liked it. Yeah. What do you mean? We'll read the question. <laughs> yeah, you. It, it's on the thread. Oh, you're the thread master. Go and read the questions in your spare time, Emma, before we answer. We were tagged in it. Oh, I yeah, maybe I do. Okay, I'd like to be prepared. That would not surprise me at all if you did that. Yes, I can see an Australian flag right off the bat. So here we go, Ruth. Let's do it. Good I. <laughs> I come from a land down under. <laughs> Like, please stop. Please just answer the question. I'm really happy we're doing this, honestly. Really nice. This is a really nice, calming exercise for me. Okay. Hello, lovely Clemmer. Do I have to tag you too? No, guys, you don't need to tag us on um, live questions because we. If you do, I will read them before we answer them. Emma, but not reply. Oh, no, no, no. No, I actually only got part way through and then I thought, "Hmm, this is for later. Okay, this is for Ron. This is for Ron. Okay. So the lives are at midnight my time. So this is in advance. I have been tracking for about 15 years pre my fitness pal. <gasps> Hell. What were you tracking on? I mean, she must have been manual. I've had clients do that before and I'm like, okay, we need to learn how to use the app. <laughs> um, Sorry, hold on. Let me just get <laughs> That would be you. I had printed out every single. (laughs) Maybe she means she was tracking calories, not macro, because you can't, I mean, you can't do the rest of it. Yeah. (coughs) We could, but I mean, we all have a life. Okay. I've had loads of success for what I now realize is flexible dieting. Although at the time I thought that I had discovered the holy grail. I've always been super active and I previously aimed for 1200 calories daily. 
allowing MFP to take off my calories burned. Okay, I have of course changed this since joining the EC method. My question is about calorie averages. In the past, if I had had a higher calorie day, I would often spend the following week making up for it until the higher calorie day dropped off from the seventh day, just to keep my average square on target. I know it's better to plan in advance if you know that you're going to have one of those days, which I do. But even if you do that, the higher calorie day will impact on your following week's average calories. No, if you plan for it, then it's impacted your current weeks, but it hasn't impacted it because you've planned for it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. We'll come to this. I know what you're saying. Do you recommend just ignoring this? Does she mean on the app? Does the app do something funny? I guess it depends when the app is starting your week, which to be honest, because I don't track, I don't actually know. But yeah, I guess if, if the week was like not a rolling week, it was like Monday to Monday or something, then sometimes it could impact that. But but do remember that this is such a good example of like, <laughs> like that's the app. You know that your average calories over a seven day period have been on target for you. So who cares what, what the app says? Like it is just a tool for you to use don't take it too literally especially when you know that real life like you've done these things and don't worry about what this app is saying it's the same and like I noticed I was doing this in Mexico sometimes I mean like when it started raining loads in Mexico Amelia and I would like look at BBC weather and be like well it's not raining well it <laughs> is raining like it quite clearly is raining it's like, it doesn't really matter what the app says you can see that it's raining it doesn't matter that the app says you're you're on average not in a deficit if you know you are for that week or for the last seven days. So, yeah, so she finishes saying, do you recommend I ignore this and start each week afresh? I don't want to fall in a trap of over-restricting and into a binge-restrict cycle. Thank you so much, everyone. Right, so number one, if you have planned, say you've banked one to 200 calories a day, which is the maximum that Emma and I would recommend, per six for six days or seven days in the lead-up to an event or whatever, um, you're that's going to be enough because don't forget guys you have your calories allotted for that day anyway now you have anywhere between you know I don't know depends how many days again let's just say six days in advance 600 and 1200 on top of that it's more than likely going to be enough and you haven't no matter what the app says and I agree with Emma I guess it depends where it starts your week the, the numbers are the numbers you've allotted it for it so even if you're way into the red by 1200 calories it doesn't matter because you were you were way under in the green before right um so it is what it is now it sounds to me like you're kind of okay with what's the term i'm thinking of emma when you responsively um yeah like in hindsight yeah um it sounds to me like you're okay doing reactive it reactively yeah reactively um uh, you know making up for that for that added amount that you had which we don't recommend most clients do because most clients it, it does feel like a bit of a mental toughness test you know even if it's like kind of okay day one and two it can start to catch up with you because you know there's more calories but you're still being back that thing that happened four days ago it can and often does trip clients up into this cycle we don't want to do that but if you are the kind of person that's like, I've always done it, I've always had success with it, it's not a problem for me, fine. Just something to be aware of. Um, and yes, as Emma said, you know, don't ever let an app algorithm or kind of calculation throw you off track when you know the reality. And as Emma says, and I love it that she says this because it's so accurate, like 
even if you didn't track all your calories for a day, your fucking body would. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I think just put it in context of like, it's a tool that's going to help you, but it's just a tool. And, and actually your actions are far more important than what the app is saying. I'm eating a Gaviscon that's mixed berry flavor. I don't like it. Oh. No. Okay, anything on the live? It should be peppermint, no? Exactly, Emma. You, I, you took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, gosh. That's I don't like it when people get creative with their, like, hallmark flavors. Like, leave your hallmark flavor. Like, Ribena, yeah. they came out with orange. I was like, oh, no, Ribena. Oh, I've never had that. Not good. No. Well, I don't know. It's like squash. I don't care. But it's like, I buy Ribena to buy Ribena. If I want orange squash, I'll buy supermarkets' own brand. Typically, right? This is true. Yeah. Although Robinsons. I know. We love Robinsons. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, Janet's just saying, happy Tuesday, lovelies. Hope Chloe's move is going well and Em's back is better. How's the move going? Um, it'll be all be over on Sunday and I can't begin to tell you. James doesn't understand this. I don't know why I use these as therapy sessions. I have to stop doing that. I'll just finish though. James doesn't understand that I can't wait for it to be Sunday. So the move's done and over. It's like a box ticked. And it's a very stressful, big, looming box. And I'm like, okay, bye box. James is like, just get on with your day-to-day life. And then when Sunday comes, get on with the moving. And then it's done. Like, why do you like, why do you think of things like this? And I'm like, you're insane. <laughs> okay, it's a good skill to have though, be able to like compartmentalize that. An athlete. So he has to stay like right in the moment, every moment, or he's fucked. Like, you're good with stuff like that though. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes, but like it takes a conscious effort. Yeah, I think, and and you're right. Like, it, it, well, I guess it's a good skill to have because then it means you can be present, like you're saying, like in the moment, present instead of whatever you're doing at the moment. Kind of also worrying about the fact you're moving and you turn up to things. I don't think you've done this at all, but like you could quite easily turn up to things stressed, and you've had a hell of a lot of other stress going on. Well, I have. To, all I've done is live in a bubble of stress. For the last few weeks. And but, like you've shown up to these lives, like great i think these lives make me happy um okay anything else um didn't know we were having a live today hello yes we've had to front load the live um okay right we've got one here jenny i eat most of my 1800 calories daily uh oh sorry i eat most of my 1800 calories daily including uh 1.5 to kilograms per body weight in protein and plenty of carbs and lots of veg but I don't eat much fat I eat 15 to 30 grams a day I'm often hungry in the afternoon I'm wondering if I eat a bit more fat would it be more satiating but I'm unsure if I should switch out some protein or carbs so if you're already at calories like if you're hitting your 1800 calories and you want to stay there because fat loss is your goal and that's putting you in a deficit if you add in fat, you will have to cut down on carbs or protein. Obviously, you still want to hit that 100 grams of protein. So depending on exactly where you're at, you might want to cut down on carbs a little bit. The question of will it make you fuller is quite a hard one to answer because sometimes like there is rationale for both, right? You could argue that higher fat means slower gastric emptying, which means that you will be fuller after eating higher fat. But higher fat per unit of calories, potentially not. So then you've got to think about food volume and food volume 
per calorie is going to be lower if something is high fat because you've got nine calories per gram as opposed to four calories per gram for carbs and protein. And we know that protein is very satiating. So if it's hunger, that's the problem. I certainly wouldn't drop protein. I would maybe look at your carbs and I would look at if you can swap some of those starchy carbs for more high volume carbs, which would then probably give you the calories that then you could eat some extra fats with. Fats will make you more satiated, but kind of mostly because potentially a little bit of slower gastric emptying, but mostly because of the calories in fats. And there are people who are like, oh yeah, I'm so satiated after a handful of nuts. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like if like what, like if you put like a handful of nuts and you're like, that's, I don't know, 300 calories versus 300 calories of fruit and Greek yogurt. There's no way like personally for me that I'm going to be more full after like a couple of, I don't know, like almonds or something. First of all, I would like to congratulate Emma on a, in, an incredibly well-rounded, thoughtful, brilliant answer that I just don't think you can beat. Well done. I mean, I don't think there's any stone you left on time there. I was, I was just listening to you work through it. Like, go on, babe. It was like <laughs> a cartographer at work. Um, and yeah, I just have, well, no, you know what? I was going to talk about nuts and satiety, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> I just don't even want to add to, I don't even want to muddy that water. I think, <laughs> thanks, Chloe. The only thing that we could add a little bit here is that, yeah, actually 15 to 30 grams is quite low and we would like you to hit like at least 40 grams. So ideally do what I said and maybe reduce starchy carbs and increase fats a bit. Yeah, replace them with fiber, increase fat, done. Yeah. Okay. Eva, just to say, I survived the stag without weight gain and had a lot of fun. Thanks for your help. Oh, great. We need photos on the Facebook group immediately. Thank you very much. Yes, please. Right. Okay. Shona, I feel like I've made no progress. It's my first time doing this and I found the scales tough. So very ad hoc with it. I'm roughly 0.5 kilograms down in three weeks. I just don't know how to get my brain into this. I so want to lose weight, but I can't, but I want to eat crap too. Help. Um, so hang on. Is, is the problem that the scales aren't moving and she <clears throat> did everything right or that she just wants to eat loads of crap and now the scales aren't moving? <clears throat> yeah, the latter. I mean, it's hard to tell a, a little bit from this and, and like absolutely, I'm so glad that you reached out for help. You didn't just give up. So I think that's like, an amazing thing that you've done already so well done for that what we need to figure out is what's happening here because you said I've been a little bit ad hoc and you say that you found the scales tough so does that mean that you know you're 0.5 down in three weeks but actually you've only weighed yourself once which we know isn't going to be very accurate so you know it could be that it's three weeks and this is the week before your period and you've put on weight or you know and that's just one example it could be a million reasons that you're a bit heavier than than would actually be indicative of how much fat you've lost. So that's one thing. Mm -hmm. The second thing is like, if you have been quite ad hoc with this and you haven't stuck to your targets, then essentially tough love, but you can't expect results from the work that you haven't done. And then it's our job to be like, why haven't you been able to stick to this? What is it that you're struggling with the most? And when you say like, you want to eat a lot of crap, like what are the things, are you still telling yourself that, you can't eat certain foods 
Are you still over restricting? Are you approaching this as something that you have to do, not something that you get to do? Are you telling yourself you can't have X, Y, and Z as opposed to choosing not to have those things because they're not in line with your goals at the moment? On top of that, like, do you know why you actually want to do this? Have you done that work? Have you figured out like, why is it that I actually want to lose fat? What is my motivation here? What's going to drive me? Because that's what's going to help you on the days where you're like, do you know what? I would rather have two magnums for dinner as opposed to making like a healthy salad or something. And those are the things that you'll need to remind yourself of. So there could be so many reasons. And before we like go and try and find solutions, we need to figure out what what actually is the problem because otherwise you're like I don't know going to the garage with something wrong with your car and they're just going to try and fix each part until they figure out which part was actually faulty instead of us going like okay what is the problem why is it that you still want to like quote unquote eat crap or in other words eat more calories than you need at the moment and then from there then we can figure out because the the solution to like boredom eating is going to be different than the solution to eating because you're too hungry or eating because you're emotional or you know the whole host of other things so we need to figure that out first Mm, yeah I agree with Emma we need clarification of exactly what the problem is clarification of how adherent your data is how consistent your data is both on the scales and with the diet both and we need clarification with what exactly it is I mean, this is what I mean. Are you struggling with the diet? You're, I'm not sure from the question. And if you are, what is it you're struggling with? I think one of you today I was talking to was saying that you, you struggle with emotional eating and Emma's completely right. The conversation that I had with that person would be very different to a conversation I had with you if it turned out that you were kind of maxing out most of your calories by lunch and then at dinner, you were like, oh, fuck it, it doesn't matter. It's two completely different coaching strategies so yeah let's tag us and let's get a bit more detail yes but well done for reaching out and if anyone else is feeling like that yeah because this is what happens like about week three and we spoke about this like the dip in motivation that we see all the time but like week three to four is often when like some of the initial excitement and motivation and momentum starts to kind of slow a little bit and And that's often when people give up. And that's exactly what we don't want to happen this time. And actually, if you go back and you look at all of your previous dieting attempts, it tends to be around this time that people give up. Mine's week five. Week five is tricky for me. And then, but then again, but then you start to really see a lot of people are like, the scale is moving. I'm not seeing any changes. What am I doing wrong? It's like, you're not, you're not going to, it takes a minute. You start to really see changes. I tend to find around that week six, seven, eight-ish mark. Um, and then you kind of get a second wind but then you know we talk about long-term dieting so if you stay on for another eight weeks you know this is when we might be like okay you know what come up to maintenance for a few days because you've got this thing or just because you have dieting fatigue and we need to allow for that um but yeah Emma's completely right there are anecdotally typical points where we see people fly and stick and fly and stick it's really interesting agreed okay um Chloe, you advised I up my calories because I want to build muscle, but I'm just not getting to the gym at the moment. Mm. I am doing steps and tracking. Do I need to reduce my calories? Um, if you are doing, again, I, I need a little bit more. Um, if you're doing, if you're, you're, you're nailing your calories and you're getting a good step count in, this is a really nuanced answer as well, much like the fat one. Um, 
there's one argument that's like, okay, let's keep calories a little higher to preserve as much muscle mass as we can, stay as active as you possibly can, um, and really make sure you're nailing your protein. And girl, if the goal is to build muscle, get your butt back in the gym, because it's not going to happen without that. So there's mm-hmm. that school of thought. And then there's a second school of thought of, or if you're not you know, training on top of it and you're not putting the stimulus on the muscle, then the need for the added calories isn't really there anymore. So maybe come back down a little bit. Um, both arguments are completely valid and it kind of depends. If I were you, I'd keep everything the same and make time for the gym. If that's the goal, get three days a week, just half an hour, full bodies done. Um, just get in there. Yeah. If your goal is to build muscle, it's not going to happen if you're not training. So yeah. yeah. And I agree, like three times a week, three full body, 30 minutes, Done. absolutely enough stimulus to build muscle, especially if you're doing everything right outside the gym. Exactly. <laughs> okay, we're up to date. Mm. Fab. Joanne, it actually occurred to me that I might be holding myself back because I'm worried or scared that if I achieve my goal, I won't be able to keep it up. This is a strange thing for me to admit and not how I am in any other area of my life. How do I convince myself I'll be okay? So I think this is, and I completely can relate to this and understand this question. I personally think, and I don't wanna project onto you because we all have our different ways. I personally think this is a result of you getting results in the past or potentially even now working for results that really um, required a lot of effort for you. So coming way away from minimum effective dose. And the idea that you're gonna have to keep this up for the rest of your life is really overwhelming and intimidating and can kind of stop you in your tracks and be like, do I even really want this? Um, So this is when typically as a coach, I would say, let's talk about the minimum effective dose and health markers. So as we were just saying, three short full body sessions a week. That means there's four days a week you're not training. This is an hour and a half max out of your week. Think about that for a minute, guys. An hour and a half out of a full week. That's all it is. And it's incredibly important for your long-term, quality of life and longevity of life, your health, okay? So I'm sorry, but you know, if you switch your thinking and you switch your perspective and be like, no, this is important for my health. I want to do this. It, like I want to do this. Then all of a sudden that becomes less intimidating um, versus, you know, if you were working out five, six days a week, you know, doing an hour lifting and then an hour on the treadmill, I think most people would be like, fuck me. I'm not going to be able to keep this up for the rest of my life. I know I've been there. Um, same read the diet you know if you say I want to be calorically aware and that will become easier and easier and more and more organic for you the longer that you do it because you become more accustomed to learning what your what your kind of diet is what's healthy what's maybe a little bit more indulgent when and where to allow for both obviously you want predominantly kind of healthy foods but you still want to allow for indulgences in your life of course that isn't like we say there's nothing wrong with with you know celebrating with food and alcohol sometimes it's appropriate I'm very appropriate. Um, and you view that as a long-term, okay, I'm going to take care of my nutritional health. And of course, there'll be times that I'll have, you know, an indulgent date night or a weekend away or like a hen weekend. And, and all of a sudden it becomes like a very simple kind of long-term health marker for you. And the same with steps and neat, you know, just making sure you're up, you're active, very good for your metabolic health, long-term, very important. Um, versus if you were doing 100 steps a week, 100K steps a week, and you're feeling like, 
holy shit, every day I drag my ass out for another half hour walk. Like, I don't know if I can do this forever. And a lot of the time it's reflective of what are you already doing versus actually what do you need to do long term to maintain your results? Uh, you know, like I say, the minimum effective dose and health markers. Um, and it, and that's that's how you do it. That's how you come away from that kind of mentality of, oh God, I'm not going to be able to keep, keep this up. Um, yeah, and I also like just to echo what you say, be being realistic. So you'll hear some people say, and I think it either gets misconstrued or people don't totally understand, of like, if you can't maintain what you're doing, then you're never going to maintain your results. No. Now, I agree with that to an extent. Like, if you can't maintain the habits of making sure you go for a walk, like fueling yourself well, getting to the gym a couple of times a week, but you don't like the whole point of a deficit is you don't stay in it forever. So you won't have to be in on like deficit calories forever, for example. Now to change that, that might mean you lower the amount of activity or like steps that you're doing, or it might mean that you increase your calories or a combination of the both. So that will then be that little bit easier. On top of that, it takes less to maintain muscle than it does to build muscle. Mm. So if you're like quite happy with my physique, I'm just going to start going to gym three times a week for half an hour instead of what I'm doing at the moment which is four times a week for an hour or, or you know whatever it is you're doing at the moment and then the last thing I wanted to add on that only because I've just started listening to this book called mornings with Maury I think or chats with Maury. I think it's called mornings with Maury and anyway it's about this man who gets ALS have you heard of it no no but it, it's like his I guess it's, it's a bit well it's quite sad but weirdly uplifting but it's like him dying but this man that goes to see him every week and he like shares some wisdom with him every week and it's like the process of him like essentially dying from ALS which makes it sound really really sad but it does kind of leave you with this uplifting like I should appreciate what I can do mm. and also appreciate like that I can exercise and like as you were saying like it's unrealistic for you to be going to the gym whatever two hours a day blah 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 I totally agree with that and part of it, like the book is about like, essentially it all comes down to like living by what's important to you, which is what we talk about all the time is what the journal is all about as well. Like living in line with your values. And once you identify that, and once you make sure that your actions are in line with that, all of this becomes so much clearer. So you might have as your values, like, I don't know, career progression is really important to me, but so is my health and so is my family. And then when you check in with yourself constantly and you're like, okay, these are my values and these are my actions are these two things in line like if you're saying that family is most important to you but actually instead of going to see the family this weekend you did extra work instead like okay you're not living in line with that value that you said was important to you yeah. or if you're saying health is important to you but you missed three gym sessions this week you're not living in line with that value so like checking in with yourself a little bit with that but as Chloe's saying like the the maintenance long term like isn't as hard uh, like yeah I'm gonna say it isn't as hard because maintenance is hard psychologically for a lot of people because of the standard pendulum swing between I'm on it or I'm totally off it right so actually maintenance can be very hard but from a perspective of what you have to do like it's less than what you're doing now if fat loss is your goal at the moment you will be able to eat more calories and or move less and if you want to maintain muscle as opposed to build muscle, you will not have to train as much.
I think that's a really good point is that A, maintenance isn't as hard as fat loss and B, that's easier said than done psychologically when you haven't yet managed to practice and stabilize a, a fit, healthy, active lifestyle. When you're still on that route together, you will get there. Example of this would be watching Lizzie have the most successful fat loss phase ever and psychologically struggling to come up to maintenance and find that stability there um and it is and emma and i've always said this go back and listen don't do that because you'll want to kill yourself but <laughs> go back and listen to their old ec method podcast the hardest part of this whole thing is the psychological switch from fat loss to maintenance and not going over that cliff edge into where you were before. This is the hardest part. This is why every single one of you who's here for a fat loss fall, even if you achieve it by the end of this eight weeks or before, stay on so we can coach you up through maintenance and a long-term approach thereafter. And once you have maintained your results and gotten into the balance of this healthy lifestyle, and it is gonna go like this, it's gonna be completely jagged. You're gonna struggle. You're gonna have a really good run of it. You're gonna struggle. You're gonna have a good run of it. And this is how we get into the, until you finally understand that's normal and this is life and you have a you have a long-term goal and you're en route and at that point you're ready to go it alone um but right now honestly just the question in and of itself easily answered you just quite haven't got there yet um like and and that's fine that's why you're all here that's why you're on the ec method and we will get you there um and it's very very liberating when you do finally achieve it also that I mean we could go in we could do like hours of podcasts on this but so much of what you're doing now will become very habitual to you like mm. initially you might be like really having to force myself to go to the gym I'm really having to force myself to get steps in I'm really having to think about tracking everything and actually by the time you know in eight weeks or by the time you reach your goals a lot of this will be so habitual and so part of your life that it won't take half as much effort to do like remember we're only three weeks in or three and a little bit weeks in and when you look at people who you might deem as really motivated most of the time it's not motivation it's habit it's routine like I don't have to motivate myself to go to the gym anymore I don't have to motivate myself to get up and do a morning routine because I do it all the time naturally anyway I'm not saying it takes zero motivation and I actually prefer routine as a as like a concept as opposed to habit because the definition of a habit is it's effortless which it never will be like it is not effort I don't just wake up and, and have already been to the gym I'm like, oh I didn't even notice that I've been to the gym like no it does take some effort but significantly less than when you're forming those routines so it will get easier in that respect as well and that's something to be aware of but completely echo what Chloe's saying and that maintenance is the most important thing you have all probably lost fat before, but you haven't been able to maintain it. That's why we're so like adamant that people should stay on for maintenance. Like, it's great that you've lost the fat, but you've probably done that before. The reason that this time is different is because you're going to maintain it. And the maintenance is the hard part. The maintenance is the definition of a successful diet. It's not how much you lose in eight weeks. It's not how much you lose in six weeks. It's not like the change or it's nothing to do with that. It's where are you in six months? Where are you in a year? Have you maintained that? And even when they look at like, you know, you read headlines of diets fail and blah, blah, diets don't work. People regain the weight. Blah, blah. It all comes from research defined by this. A successful diet is follow up at six months or a year, depending on how they're going to look at things. But it's always follow up a significant period of time later to see if people have been able to maintain that 
if they can't it's not a successful diet and that's exactly how we should look at it it's not oh yeah but on this juice cleanse I lost x amount of weight in two weeks I don't care like come back to me in six months and see where you are that's what successful dieting looks like I love love that and I agree with you with the just to stay on the word habit this is one of the conversations I had today about the emotional eating thing I said it's very normal to emotionally eat like it's not there's nothing abnormal about it there will be other habits and things that you do Uh, uh, sorry no and then the client said it's really like a habit now is in like when I'm stressed and I'm emotional I overeat and I was like I'm so glad that you flagged that because I think that's more the problem than the emotional eating is that now this is just a thing you automatically do when you're emotional so if you put in the work and it is hard work because it's a habit and you break this habit and you intercept it with one of the many many other things that you do when you feel stressed and you might not even be cognizant of them you have to think about it that will alleviate the stress and calm you down. And there are hundreds of options out there per person, like just stop and think. And you start to work and you start to pattern interrupt and implement a new thing. Before you know it, it'll become your new habit. Um, And the hard thing, the brilliant thing is identifying, this is what I do to combat X. The hard work comes intercepting that and breaking it up. And after that, it's fucking easy. So, you know, it's less about, I'm an emotional eater, it's useless. And it's more about, okay, how do we break the habit with a new habit and keep persisting until we get into, and it's completely doable. It just takes effort. Yeah. And I think what's hopefully reassuring to people is it will take a lot of effort initially to break that habit and then it will get easier. And I think where people stop is like, doing after three uh, I don't know a couple of days they're like this is so hard and exactly this question I don't think I could maintain this forever like I don't think I could put this much of my focus and willpower on I don't know not emotionally eating forever like I do it for three days but I can't do it forever and the truth is you won't have to do it forever ever because it now like you've broken that habit of I always I don't know overeat in the evening for a couple of days it'll be really freaking hard but then once you get out of that habit, it will get easier and easier not to take that path. Agreed. Okay. Um, hello from Greece. I'm here for three weeks island hopping. On travel days, not meeting minimum steps, but I'm making them up on the days I can. Only going slightly over calories per day, thanks to the beer. <laughs> but making good food choices and, and feel really great and in control. Really enjoying the programme. Thanks for everything, Chloe and Emma. Love that. Dreamy. That is dreamy. And I love that you're like, I really am impressed by people who sign up to this knowing that they're going on holiday. And like, you can tell that you're going to get good results because you're not like, oh, do you know what? It's not the perfect time. Like this mythical perfect time where actually you have nothing on for a full eight weeks that never occurs. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going for three weeks island hopping in Greece. Oh, I know. I mean, it sounds incredible, but I love that. I'm so jealous that it actually hurt me. (laughs) Um, Lizzie's saying maintenance is hard um Sarah saying maintenance is hard I did regain the weight after getting lean in 2016 I thought it was proof that those statistics were right realized that so much of my regain was a self-fulfilling prophecy I was so scared of overeating and my habits started to reflect that different mindset now also I'm more realistic with what is maintainable before it was always maybe five more pounds 
or five less pounds, I imagine. I once had a one-to-one client, she's ace, I absolutely loved her, um, who came to me and she'd been tracking to lose a lot of weight. Like she'd gone from an obese category into like a lean category. And she'd been tracking for a couple of years in order to do this. And she'd been tracking on like not starvation calories at all. And because of following certain people on Instagram who will remain nameless, she'd got it into her head that she was addicted to tracking, that she was obsessed with tracking, that she had this like kind of pseudo eating disorder that she did not have. And I could tell from the people she was quoting and the things she was saying that this was very influenced on her. And I, it took me a while to kind of get her away from that mentality. But then the very interesting thing was, was that she did harbor this real fear that, and this is fair to say, when she came away from tracking, she was going to regain all the weight. So every time I tried to increase her calories, every single time without fail, she's like, I'm ready, I want to do this for like over a year. She would come back to me with next check-in and she just couldn't do it. And she just couldn't do it, couldn't do it. And in the end, it did take us completely coming away from tracking for her to be able to do it. But it's really interesting that Sarah Lynn says here that it is this self-fulfilling prophecy. I had this client once after she'd come away from tracking, she was absolutely fine. But the, the fear, and if she hadn't had a coach, I don't know if she would have been because you need that kind of support to kind of help you through it and that voice of reason. The idea that like, as soon as I come away from tracking, it's all going to hit, like shit's going to hit the fan. If you're doing it on your own without a coach, I can 100% see how that happens because you talk yourself into it. Um, and Emma said this in the last live, and I just think it's such a good point. This is where having a coach is invaluable. You hire someone to talk to about this, to offload onto. I'm scared, did it? We slowly, slowly, even if it takes a long time, which it often does, we slowly, slowly kind of wrench you away from that belief. You stay with the coach. You listen to what they say. You listen to their belief in you. And you keep doing what you're doing until you've started your new lifestyle beyond that. If you try to go it alone, I, I, it, the most powerful thing, powerful thing, really your behaviors and your actions is your mind. And if it's only your mind telling you, you're going to fuck it up, you're going to fuck it up, you're going to fuck it up. So anyone who's listening to the EC method out there, who's like, well, that, what Sarah Lynn just said, that happened to me too. And like, they said, the, 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 you please please reach out to a coach it doesn't have to be us I don't care who it is ideally someone good I mean it probably should be us but be us. Yeah. but no I don't care but, but just to have someone basically shine a torch for you while you walk that path so that you don't walk into a tree in the pitch fucking black it's helpful um and that's a huge piece of advice and I know this is a real thing that a lot of people struggle with and it's it's mostly the reassurance mm-hmm because it's the same thing that like we're saying the same thing again and again. No, it's okay. Like whether you put your apple in my fitness pal or not, like it's still got the same calories in it. But, and it, I know it sounds stupid saying out, out loud, but that is the reassurance a lot of people need. And I completely agree with what you're saying about like almost projected problems that people are telling people that they have, like, are you stressed when you when you don't when you're not able to track on my fitness pal? Well, that's because you're addicted to it, and this is the solution. And you need to like go back and do all of this work on like cognitive behavioral therapy. Like you need a full psycho psychoanalysis and all this. I'm like, you don't. It's become a habit, and you need to break that habit. Like, and it said in it's like a, almost a procrastination tool of like okay, now I need to do all of this self-work before I just stop tracking. It's like, no, like some people do for sure. But actually some people can just move away from tracking. Like it doesn't have to be an eight week process. It can just be, 
oh yeah, it just slowly stops tracking. Like mm. for some people, it really isn't that big a deal. And that goes, that also goes for emotional eating for a lot of people. For a lot of people that does become a really big problem and it's like underlying trauma that they need to work through. And maybe they do need to go and see a psychologist for that. For some people, it has literally become a bit of a habit that actually they they just end up overeating when when they're not happy. And actually they could be doing something else with that. And, and it doesn't need to be as much of a, like psychoanalysis and like naming it something and then kind of that then becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy that's the thing it fed that different narrative fed into this kind of I don't know this cycle of without tracking I'm weak and 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 that's what it was and it it was like no 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 this is not going to happen but 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 I do I do agree I do think it is fair to say a lot of people felt myself included back in the dizzle going it alone because that your mind telling you that story all day every day is only going to go one way and you need someone who you like and respect who you are paying who you look up to like that goes a long way in terms of like hey I'm, I'm invested in this like what do I do take goes a long way into listening to the advice um to be like and actioning it yeah I'm actioning it it's okay and and this is when you know the clients like off the top of my head sue for example who is an old 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 client um she was with us for like way over a year unbelievable body transformation and she stayed and she stayed and she stayed and she's kept all the way off and i know because i still speak to her on instagram like it really helps also a lot of people say like oh, one of the things i really need is accountability mm-hmm. and i think they don't realize that paying is one of the best ways to give yourself accountability like not only do we charge because this is a business right but also you will get better results if you pay for something and it actually has to be enough money to make it worth you sticking to as well so if this was if the ec method was eight pounds it wouldn't get as good results a hundred percent what was that girl who said it in her thing? She was like, this is like the best coaching I've had. I can't believe how cheap it is. And we were like, yes. Yeah. That, she was like, is- I used to pay 200 pounds a month for coaching and I got nothing from it. I was like, mm. Makes us very mm-hmm. happy. Yeah. And I think you'll also find just, just if some people are thinking about what Chloe was talking about in terms of kind of like telling people that they have a problem. No, when you're being exposed to this kind of stuff on Instagram or you hear people talking about it or you think maybe you've been led down that, you will notice that they use a lot of leading questions. Physios do this quite a lot as well. And it doesn't like I'm not saying that they're wrong or anything, but just once you start to notice this, you become more aware of it. So like the best example I always have of this is whenever you've been to a physio, they'll normally do something and then they'll be like, not does that feel different? They'll be like, that feels different, doesn't it? yeah and I don't know if it's just like manners or politeness or whatever but it's a leading question right so you're like yeah because it's awkward to be like no it feels exactly the same (laughs) but the same thing it's kind of like do you feel like it's not do you feel like this but like you will feel like this when you stop tracking or when this happens and then you're kind of like led down that path of oh yeah they know what I'm feeling or like maybe I do feel like that and then that becomes this kind of self-fulfilling prophecy as well but once you're aware of some of these things, you become a little bit better at noticing it. And then you can kind of check yourself like, do I actually feel different? Or do I actually feel like that? Or have they just said that in a leading way? And now I'm just agreeing with it. You need to start doing that. You've had a yeah. great week. You're going to have a great week, aren't you? 
Uh, I love that apple, aren't you? <laughs> apples taste just like magnums, don't they? Hey. <laughs> my mum said to me the other day, I love my mum, she said, she goes, and the thing is, I could lose all the weight if I didn't have a magnum addiction. Totally serious. I was just like, mum, that's not a thing. She's like, no, it is. Okay, Alexandria. Hello, scales are showing around 1.5 higher since I started my lowest weight week one. Since I started, okay. Lowest weight week one was 73.4, 2, 73.4, 3, 73.5. I think I could... I think it could be different scales I could find in the Airbnb. Oh, uh, yeah, if you're using different scales, it's really not accurate. Like, I mean, weighing yourself isn't accurate, full stop. Weighing yourself on different scales at different times of day. In different places wildly. in the house. Like, yeah. different in the house. James used to do this. I've told you this before. Would just, like, weigh himself, like, three or four times a day. He'd be like, oh, my God. I've got, I was like, you're ridiculous. Like, yeah, yeah, you ate something. Mm. <laughs> You're now hydrated. What? Okay. Um, I have been sticking to calories, 1700 and making smart choices. Actually didn't fancy pizza when I went to the Italian restaurant. Shock. I don't have food scales. So trying to guess, loving the workouts and steps, average 13,000 steps, your podcast being my walking partner. Well, hello, if you're on a walk right now, Um, still motivated, but really hope something to show for it next week. Uh, it's not data that we're taking. So it's new scale Airbnb. Um, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. And if it is, if you get, I mean, also yeah, menstrual cycle is something to consider as well. Um, let's get let's get back to it and go. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it might be it might be to do with your cycle, given that you were stable, stable up. Um, might not. If 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 you do feel like. Um, something's amiss um again do us a little check-in a little tag and we'll go through it and set you up good and proper yeah I think the only thing is and like I'm not mad on like food scales all the time but if you're way off with your portion sizes always like this is a useful thing to do even just for two days is to really know what like your standard portion of pasta is your standard portion of oats is or like the foods that you eat frequently because if you're always having like double the portion you think you have for dinner, then that really could be like minimizing or even negating your deficit. Right. So just like check a little bit on that. But aside from that, it sounds like you're doing really well. Like you're hitting your steps, you're doing your workouts. Calories are great. You're making smart choices. And yeah, it's hard to tell what's going on because if you're using different scales, it really doesn't give us much to go off. Mm-hmm. Okay um samantha so far from me ma- oh sorry so far from maintenance but looking forward to one day getting getting to that challenge just wanted to thank you both for the easy method and for everyone in the group this has been a so game-changing for me oh sarah lynn saying thanks ladies planning to stay with the easy method for for the long haul all the way to my goal maintenance and beyond yeah oh. sarah lynn. yeah um Polly saying paying is investing in yourself. Yep. Sarah Lynn, absolutely about those accounts. I ended up unfollowing a lot of anti-diet slash intuitive eating people because it started to make me question myself, even though I know my values and goals. Yep. I mean, I think questioning yourself is good. And actually, Sarah Lynn, I know you do this a lot. Yeah. But when you when you truly know 
your values like do you need to start questioning them every single day like I think just turning a blind eye to that stuff isn't helpful although I know that you absolutely don't do that and you do question these things okay we're up to yeah, it Sarah, yeah Sarah Lynn you're you're a coach as well you're an athlete too you monitor your behaviors you monitor your data you monitor you really don't need to be uh, going down a path of like constant questioning it's just not relevant to you agree okay jade lindsay lindsay okay hello bit of a waffly one from me this is round two for me and I absolutely love it. And I'm glad I finally took the plunge and joined after secretly stalking your podcast for ages, which as we've learned. So, a lot of people do. We've had a million listens. And I, I thought, trust me, if every single person that listened or like listened to it whenever put a pound in a pot, we'd be millionaires by now, Emma. Wow. Only as Clemmer though. Individually, we'd be half millionaires. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but we are as one. We are as yeah. one. Um, Maybe we should start putting really annoying ads on. We did that in the bottom. Guys, if you've thought about buying a bed, have you thought about this mattress? Would you, you... I, I would if it meant that the podcast then started making like, I mean, I don't even know. I think a normal rate for like a sponsored podcast is like 70K a year. I would do it. James's podcast makes the most obscene amount of money a year, but they have so many overheads, which we don't have, that they basically don't see any of it. But we don't have that, Emma. We don't have any, I mean, I think people can tell we don't have overheads. Like we don't have a mic. Do anything. We're literally recording on Zoom. <laughs> we are probably, I would say we're potentially one of the most listened to awfully done podcasts like I don't even write a bio anymore sometimes there's a link to the EC method website sometimes I'll write something <laughs> most of the time I just upload it and there's no editing that goes on <laughs> talk a lot of shit mainly me I love it I feel like every time I do it James is like you need to stop working now like you stop with the live I was like no 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 <laughs> my joy comes from the life. I have more fun on the lives than I do talking to you all right so pipe down <laughs> Oh, right. Okay. Back to the question. Back to the client. <laughs> Enough um, self-indulgent for now. Yeah, my favourite. Um, I absolutely love the workouts, especially as I've been a home workout for years. And this plan has made me go to the gym and I absolutely bloody love it. For context, I'm working out three times at the gym. I run three times a week between five to 15K and I commute cycle to work. If you can cycle to work, does that count as a commute? Because I'm not sure it does. What do you mean? Well, I mean, like, to me, if someone's like, oh, I'm commuting, it means, like, long distance. No, commute just means getting to work. And also, how do you know she's not cycling for, like, 30 right. I know. I have a friend that cycles to and from London to Brighton, like, multiple times a week. And I'm like, you're insane, but whatever. Okay, fine. Yes. Fine. Clearly, I've always misunderstood the word commute. <laughs> I'm always like, I'm commuting. To me, that means what I'm saying is I'm going long distances all the time. No? No. Sorry, Jade. We're really using your question as a conversation point. Okay. I feel like I'm nailing my food. I'm training Monday through Friday, but I'm really struggling with overeating at social occasions. Normal. This is becoming a bit of a problem now as I've had a lot on recently. I feel like I go in there with a plan, but it just flies out the window as soon as I get there. Then 
after the event occasion, it's like my head fog disappears and I question why I was such an arsehole on food and drink. I'm getting married at the end of August, but I have holidays, friends' weddings, multiple 30th birthdays, including my own, and my hen party before this. And instead of looking forward to these, I'm worrying that I'm going to be the size of a house by the time my wedding comes. Currently, I'm on 1,800 calories, but I've been banking 200 calories a day during a week for the weekend. I'm sorry to be a Debbie Downer, but I would really appreciate some suggestions or a slap around the head. Um, okay, so first of all, you're doing great. Okay, and deck, you're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> you're doing great. You're working out three times a week in the gym and loving it. Fantastic. You run three times a week. Fantastic. You cycle to work. You're nailing your food Monday to Friday and you're struggling, which is like tick, 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 tick. You struggle at social occasions, don't we all? Um, again, coming back to the habits and pattern interrupting, it's just that you haven't quite nailed it yet. And it's very normal. Um, it's great that you're already trying to combat this by um, banking 200 calories during the week for the weekend, um, which means you're having what two, you have 2,800 calories on one day or you have 2,000, what is that? Hang on. Uh, oh, I don't know. Or it's split between the two and added 500 calories. What am I doing here? Oh, 2,300 calories. Is that right? On Saturday and Sunday. Well, she's banking 1,000 calories a week for the weekend, which means she's either coming up on one day to 2,800, which should be enough for you to have a social occasion. Yeah. Or she's having 500 calories each day. Yeah, 500 each day, which would be 2,300 each day, which is still quite a lot. Okay, all right, I'm just going to give you some tough love. If that's that's the lowest that you're allotting yourself, 2,300 on Saturday and Sunday for social occasions, that's enough. And you do need to rein it in. So this could be uh, a case of making smarter choices, even though um, you're still tracking and whatnot and you have more calories to play with. You're still dieting, make smarter choices. You're talking your vodka tonics, you're talking your gin and slim lines, you're talking your white wine spritzes instead of a, a large glass of white, for example. These things are all gonna be in a 70 to 80 calorie range, okay? The three things. If it's food, instead of being like, I'm gonna go to the barbecue and have a hot dog and a big bowl of avocado salad and a cheeseburger, pick the salad and one, and then you knock 500 calories off like that. Um, Instead of saying, oh, you know what, I'm going to go to two food trucks at the, at the food festival, you know, or the festival, go to one. Like you need to find a compromise here because what you're doing isn't bad. And we certainly don't want you, quote unquote, worrying that you're going to be the size of a house for your wedding because you have amazing things going on in your life. You're a lucky girl. You've got a lot of wonderful stuff going on and you're invited to all of it. So people clearly really like you, which is a, a wonderful place to be in in life. Do not see that as a negative thing. You just need to implement a bit more self-control. You're only going to do this full circle once you start to break the habit. Um, that's my thoughts on the matter. Emma? And also like your point about they like you and they want to spend time with you, which is great. It's about you, not the calories. So if you're having one burger instead of two, or you're having three drinks instead of six, like that doesn't matter. And I think once you do that and you break that habit and you realize, and you keep reminding yourself, all oh, right, okay. And again, I'm going to mention journaling again, like when you journal at the end of the day and you're like today, you know, I did go to the barbecue, but I did stay on track and Hey, I still had a freaking great time. Or last night I did go out 
but actually I didn't drink in excess and I still had a, an amazing night and actually this morning I felt really really good like maybe note to self I should do that more often and I shouldn't like overdrink all these things or overeat all these things and realizing and reminding yourself and writing it down so you can tell yourself essentially I can go to these social occasions and still meet my goals as well and still have a freaking amazing time like that's what we want for you we want you to live your life to the absolute fullest while creating a bit of a deficit is fat loss is your goal like that's how you should be viewing these things what I will say is that when you're eating out I'd say like more and more now because I don't know like I even feel like in the last year or so food is becoming even more extravagant as in like now everything's glazed in maple syrup or it's like triple fried or like I don't know there's just like even more calories and everything has Dundee just discovered triple fried chips? Is this like a new thing? I was actually thinking of London, but anyway, like I just oh, mean, it's been a thing here for a while. <laughs> no, no, I know that, but I just mean yeah, like you can now have like I don't know. When I was at that wedding, it was like lobster mac and cheese, which I know has been around for a while. But there's just an yeah. abundance of things, right? Which you want to try because they're all amazing, and that's exciting. But you also have to remember that you don't need that much energy, unfortunately. And you live in this obesogenic environment and actually the average person is overweight and the average person does probably indulge in all of those things. And if you don't want to be the average person, you cannot behave like the average person. And you can see that as like an upsetting thing or you can see that as a victim mentality. It's not fair, but that's just the truth. Like that is life. Yeah. If you don't yeah. want to end up overweight and average, you can't act like the average person and you can't do those same things. Yeah. If you do, that's fine preach 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 first of all life isn't fair whoever like uh, and I was in this bubble too like why did we ever come to this conclusion life is not fair like life is random and it's just life it's not anything it just is like get on with it number one and it gets a lot easier <laughs> says me moaning Marcel over here um and I completely agree with Emma the average person is struggling with it because the average person is doing average things. And if you don't want to be struggling with it, you can't do those average things. You have to be conscious and you should want to be because it goes so far beyond how you look. Um, but it, like we keep saying, it takes practice. It takes implementation. It takes being patient with yourself and not taking it so seriously. Like, oh, I failed. I went, I had one good social event and then the next one, bang, I fucked it again. Like, be patient. It's going to take a minute. It's going to take a while. Be nice to yourself and keep going because you will get there. Okay, last question here. Next week, I'm going hut to hut hiking in Slovenia for two weeks. Of course you are. Wait, what, what do you mean? What, there's just like an empty hut? Like, no, no, no. You make your way from one hut to the next. Okay, I was like... <laughs> yes, Chloe. Much like commuting to work. The days will vary from four to seven hours walking and we'll be eating either at the lodges or on a camping stove. Wait, I'm sorry, have these huts turned into lodges? Like, what's Is going it a on? Hut? Is it a lodge? Are you camping? Come on, guys. Yeah, come on. Keep the consistent. <laughs> Bit worried about keeping protein up and calories. Should I increase calories? Also, any tips for very light ways to carry protein? Um. Oh, she also says, it's Eva, by the way, she says, on the, sta the stag, I'm afraid my pals aren't very big on pics on social media, but to give an idea, the stag ended up drinking from a rubber glove with spaghetti bolognese in his boxes. Oh. 
Um, also all stood around a fire crying and telling him why he's great. Oh, so great combination. Emma, why have you never cried around a fire and told me how great I am? Maybe soon. Um, yeah. What do you want to do for your, for your Hendy? Well, I'd like everyone to cry around a fire. I quite like that. Can everyone come with just a list of things about me that they love? I don't even have, it's my birthday tomorrow. I don't even have, I do not have parties. I do not, I think it's like the most, and it says me again, the most self-indulgent thing ever to be like, you have to stop everything you're doing with your day, with your plans, with your life and come to my party. I'm like, if people want to see you on your birthday, they'll make an effort to come see you. Like, this is my thing. Anyway, um, I think that you should leave the protein thing alone. Well, okay, it's tricky. So walking 47 hours a day, yes definitely come up in calories um I would say Emma how much would you say by 47 hours a day I mean that's also quite a big range like that's a lot of walking it's also a big range of walking and you're doing it for two weeks which you know if it was a week I'd probably just say meh go with I would say actually come away from tracking to be honest you're not going to be able to track hot food anyway accurately you can eyeball it what is hot food? I don't know. Literally anything that's like, I mean, you're not going to cook it. Or, or, or do you cook it all yourself? I don't know. I imagine the no. hot provides it. I'm thinking wooden bowls with soups and stews and big chunks of bread. Like, you know, yeah. like what's it called in Harry Potter, the that pub. Anyway, so I think, I don't, yeah, I think come away from tracking. I think eat what you're given. You're going to be hungry. And I think it's tricky when people say they're going away on X, Y, Z should they take protein bars when it's like, or protein powder, when it's like, well, you're probably going to be eating more calories in which case I don't then want to add to it, even if it is protein. But then at the same time, if you're doing like a lot of walking and you're very active and you're not doing a lot of resistance training and the goal is to hold on to this much muscle, then yeah, maybe take one to have a day and that should see, see tide you over and see you over. Um, yeah she says here the hut provides it of course soups and stews exactly right so just I would just go with it like it's very unlikely on a holiday or a trip where you're going to be walking for four to seven hours a day that you're going to even have time to eat enough to put on weight agree you're going to be fine although when I did the jump all we did was ski and snowboard all day and I gained a lot of weight but I did not stop eating (laughs) did not stop eating um but yeah I agree with Emma don't track eat what you're given stay fueled enjoy yourself and you know what guys they any damn quote-unquote damage that's done we can handle when you're back like this is a once in a lifetime thing go and enjoy it agreed okay that's us okay bye guys okay bye